Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. And now, welcome tonight's host, John the Vernomatic Verno. Good evening, everybody. As always, new content drops every Thursday night. Man, oh man, welcome to September. Things are exciting. Football starts tonight. And Metal Walt and myself, we're back with another kick-ass episode. Tonight, we welcome Nigel Glockler of Saxon onto the show. He has a new side project called 6x6. He's here to talk about the band, who's in the band, why they're doing it. And we also touch on what's going on with Saxon in general heavy metal history. That's coming up in just a second. First, I want to remind you to get up to that MetalMayhemROC.com website. Sign up for our newsletter. That's our way to have you join our community. We can stay in touch with you on notifications on new shows, notifications for our live radio show on Monday nights, and just general Metal Mayhem ROC activities. Do us a favor, check out some past shows. Recently, we had last week the history of metal. Metal Walt, Ian O'Rourke, and myself, we've been navigating this series since the summer of 2021. We're up to the year 1989 now. So things are really heating up. Frank Bellow of Anthrax was here a couple weeks ago talking about the cancellation show in Rochester. And Dave Overstreet of Cleveland Thrasher's Destructor, he was around telling us about what the band's up to. So again, get up there, leave a review, subscribe. That kind of stuff really helps the bottom line here. So let's get things going. Metal Walt, are you there, my friend? I am here, Verno. Happy Labor Day. You too. So uh, we just got off the phone with Nigel. Nigel Glockler of uh, Saxon, his new band. Not really a new band, a side project, 6 by 6 Well, wh- what'd you think? This is the first time you get a chance to talk to Nigel. Yeah, I mean, I really had some time to digest the album, and uh, it's really a great album, really good sound with this band. Nigel plays a big part of it uh, with uh, the drumming, of course, and uh, he really opened up and told us the whole story about the origins of the musicians, how they came together, where they were friendships from in the past that go back 30, maybe years or more, and kind of the style they were trying to get at. Um, So it is very different than Saxon, but it's definitely something in the hard rock, melodic hard rock, field i love the material and i think the listeners should definitely check it out and i think they'd appreciate it too i second all of that i have spoken with nigel a couple times on you know the inspirations album and then carpe diem with the saxon but it was uh cool to just find out what the situation was with this new project so all right well we're gonna get into it here's nigel glockler of saxon his new band six by six just released there's some videos out there again i remind you uh get up to the website sign up for a newsletter and leave us some reviews check out some past shows for metal walt i'm the vernomatic this is metal mayhem roc so tonight's interview we're welcoming back an old friend spent 40 <laughs> 40 plus years in the van saxon but he has a new project with a couple old buddies 
Let's welcome Nigel Glockler to the show. Nigel, how are you, my friend? Doing great. How are you guys? We're, we're, we're doing well. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host tonight. Goes by the name of Metal Wolf. Hi, Walt. How are you doing? Hey, Nigel. Good. Good. How are you ah. doing? Good, man. I got to say, uh, we, we hear that you're living in Dallas, and if we knew any better, we could have done it at 1 p.m. Shh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He, 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 that's why he's on the show. He never, he's never short on excellent one zingers. So, <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Like, um, the new album is out. The band six by six, Walt and yep. I have digested this album when we got it last week, when you sent it to us and we have tons of notes, but first let's just get the listeners quickly up to speed on who six by six is and how it all came about. Right. Um, well, it's obviously myself. It's Ian Crichton, the guitarist from Saga. And uh, um, an old friend of mine, Robert Berry, I was in, he was in, um, until until he passed, he was playing with um, Keith Emerson. And uh, before that, I mean, he's been in, been in a lot of stuff. He's worked with Sammy Hagar, all sorts of people. And I was, um, I first met him when we were both in uh, GTR with Steve Howe. And then, you know, the Saga connection, Saxon and Saga toured together. We haven't toured together per se, but we've just sort of come across each other at the odd gig in Germany, for instance, you know, or the odd festival. So, oh, okay. And the other thing was we recorded, uh, oh God, which album was it? Innocence is No Excuse. We recorded in uh, Munich in, uh, what was it called? Union Studios, I think, and Saga were in at the same time in another studio in the complex. Uh, and what happened initially was um, after after Keith passed, uh, Robert fancied sort of getting into a more guitar-driven thing, and he asked his manager, um, you know, any ideas? And the manager mentioned Ian. And uh, so the next minute, they're sort of sending, you know, they're in touch. They're sending snippets of bits of you know ideas they had to each other, and. Um, I mean, Robert's a great arranger, so he was he was putting all this stuff together. And then, um, I mean, they were going, you know, they were working quite a few months before I was even, you know, involved. And then suddenly, I mean, I'd seen Robert. We played quite a few years ago in um, in a place in San Jose. I can't remember the name of it. It's gone now. And uh, I, I don't know who contacted who, but Robert came to the gig. So we kept in touch after that. But anyway, about, I think it was um, like a year ago, last April, I think it was, I suddenly got an email from Robert, or a text, actually. Got a text from Robert, how are you doing, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, I've started this band with, um, <laughs> with Ian Crichton, and you're the guy. That was it. <laughs> what, he just said, you're the guy? Like, and, uh... <laughs> you're the guy. You're the guy we want. Bang. So... All right. Well, you know what? Uh, we're taking a peek behind the curtain. It's not as glamorous as people think. It's just <laughs> stuff happens. Uh, well, why don't we get things going and uh, have you take a deep dive into the 6x6 six six release? Nigel, before we get into it, a couple uh, observations. How did the name of the band come about? And tell us a little about the imagery on the album. It has that album feel where it's kind of like a, a vintage uh, image circa 1920, maybe a uh, guy riding a motorbike, two guys in the sidecar, and it's kind of in the, the dice up at the top. Tell us a little about the band name and the imagery. 
Well, the name, um, I mean, we were throwing ideas about all over the place and you would not believe how, you know, every time we thought of something, we'd, we'd check it on Wikipedia and you would not believe that, no, honestly, it was just everything we thought of, no, it's taken, no, that's taken, no, that's taken. And then the six by six thing came up because apparently that's six foot six is the length of human DNA. Right? So that's one thing. Don't ask me about that. I think that was like Robert and Ian's thing. They knew about that. And then we sort of thought, well, you know, we got six hands, six feet, whatever, eyes, bangs. That's great. And the other thing was we were thinking about a logo graphically. Robert loved um, loves both the Saxon and Saga things because of the S. He loves the S in that, and the Saxon has got the X. So we thought graphically that could that could look really cool. You know, you know, play around with that graphically, artistically, and everything. And then um, Rob, who does a lot of our sort of imagery stuff and you know graphic stuff, he he sort of threw the two six dice in as well. You know, so that I mean, so that's how the name came out. I mean, it was ridiculous. Some of these names, you you could just you could just make something up like um, burnt bacon. You go on Wikipedia. There was already a band called it. You know, it's like honestly. You know, so anyway, this came up. The cover, um, Rob, as I say, um, he does our website and a lot of graphics and stuff for us. He came up with this picture with the guys and, you know, he put it together. And I saw it and I went, that is just brilliant because it's just so different, you know. And, I mean, the one, the one rule we had was, you know, because we're slightly proggy, the one rule we had was no spaceships, you know. <laughs> <laughs> none of that you know stuff and he came up with this and i said that is perfect that is just brilliant you know i mean that would look great on a big poster oh no doubt nigel you commented about you said we're a bit proggy so I, before we get into the songs i want to i want to go over my impression of the band as a musical style and i want you to to kind of comment on it so i i look at you guys as you guys are truly a power trio um, it's a very intricate sound, really melodic vocals, really ripping and unique guitar work, big, yeah. big melodies and harmonies, a really good mixture of all kinds of piano playing and keyboards. I even heard some church organ in there um, and really well thought, intelligent lyrics. So by, but by no means would I categorize this as your traditional prog album. I think uh, each of the members are really showcased well and it, it kind of reminds me of going back in time to the Trevor Rabin 80s era yes sound. So, but in, in your view, Nigel, tell us about the, uh, the sound of the band to you. Yeah, I mean, that's a very, that's an interesting thing. I've heard that one before, actually, about the Trevor Rabin one. Interestingly enough, someone else said, and I don't know, we were just talking about grooves on some of the songs. He, he said one of the songs reminded him groove-wise of, um, oh, bloody hell, I've gone out of my bloody head now. I'll think about that one. Oh, right, King's X. Someone King, said... King's yes. X. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I... I love King's X, so maybe that was a subconscious thing, you know? <laughs> and so do I, Nigel. I love them. They're a tri-state area, Jersey, New York band. Well, Doug is not from there, but yeah. we were just we just did our 1989 History of Heavy Metal series, and that was my underground Gretchen Ghost in Nebraska, one of the top oh. albums that's almost perfect from, from 1 to 10, right? Yeah, yeah, great. Um, 
Yeah, I wouldn't call us proggy as such. You know, I mean, there's, when people say the word prog, you generally think of prog metal, seems to me. Right. And, you know, we're nothing like that. We're a, you know, we're a rock band. You know, I, right. I suppose the sort of proggy things would be, as you say, like reminds you a bit of the Trevor Rabin era, yes. You know, yeah. and or maybe solo stuff or, you know, whatever. You know, we didn't we didn't go out of our way to do it. I mean, basically, what you're hearing is us three playing together. That's it. And Nigel, for you as a drummer, if I can say this, you know, this this kind of project must give you some space to open up a little bit, right? With Saxon, they're a heavy metal, hard rock band. It's yeah. got to be an exciting for your musician to be able to step out of your comfort zone and throw something different in there. Am I accurate with that impression? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I mean, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I love doing sessions and just playing with different musicians anyway. You know, um, you, I don't know if you know, but I mean, I did two tracks on the on the latest Alcatraz album. You know, I did that, yeah. recorded that. It would, you know, that was actually one of them. It's so fast. It was like, it's. I think it's probably the fastest thing I've ever played. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so on, on to some of the songs, Nigel. Uh, you know, you got 10 songs on there. Some are a little shorter. Some are longer, a little bit more epic. You've got, I think, three videos that I watched this morning sitting out on the patio having my coffee. So let's talk about a couple of them. So the lead track, Yearning to Fly, it's got that awesome, groovy, melodic track, kind of a quick one, really sticks with you in that first listen. Um, and I kind of love the theme about that one. It's kind of like, you know, don't sit back on life. If you want to make something happen, you can't just do it. you got to go for it. So tell us a little bit about that one as the lead lead track. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, Robert writes all the lyrics and he's, you know, he's, he, you know, he thinks pretty deeply about lyrics. It's not just, I love you, baby, or let's go to the bar or right. that, you know, he thinks, I mean, for instance, I know I'm sort of moving away from what literally a little bit of what you asked, but it's like the song China, you know, he was very, he was very sort of pissed off about the way the Uyghur Muslims are being treated and put in camps over there. That really sort of hit him, you know. And and that <clears throat> so all this sort of social stuff he, he really thinks a lot about when he's when he's writing lyrics, you know, and about life in general. You know, so a lot of the tracks, you know, he thinks really deeply and, you know, strongly about things that he that he wants to sing about. Yeah, and I heard, I like that line in that song, uh, China, how he says, China, it's time to say goodnight. You yeah. know, that's uh, pretty direct. Yes, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, it's not against the Chinese people. It's more against the government. The other track I wanted to comment on, and before Vern's going to give his twist on the album with some songs, is Reason to Feel Calm Again. That's like a longer, it's more of an epic track. Um, yeah. And I love how that beginning, it's a tension and a buildup, that real calm to start it. And then it just, boom, blasts out to that main verse. I think I felt yeah. a little cowbell in there with you. So tell us a little about that one. <laughs> I mean, the way the whole thing was done, I mean, they'd, they'd, um, they'd written all the tracks before I, I, before I was even contacted. Well, nearly all of them. And I think, um, yeah, there were a couple that were sort of left that we just sort of me and Robert just sort of jammed some stuff down to, and then he sort of played around with bits from Ian and stuff. But generally, I mean, they, they were all there. And Robert's, I mean, Robert's a good drummer himself. So he'd put templates down 
while they were doing demos because he's got a full proper studio that he rents out and he does sessions in and so <clears throat> he had all the templates for the tracks drumming wise but and then when when i flew over that was like the sort of basic thing basically so i i knew what kind of grooves they wanted on those tracks but then him and ian said just do your stuff you know whatever you think which was great because it sort of let me loose a bit rather than being tied down to you've got to play this and you've got to play that you know i was i was able to sort of kind of expand on what he'd done is one of those impromptu if you will session songs uh save the night because that song the heavy riffing and drum exchange that that you guys are doing in there yeah it is there was some stuff. I mean, Robert played around with some bits after. But I mean, all the time while we were recording, while I was recording, we were like zooming with Ian and stuff because obviously he's in Toronto. Yes. Um, and going, what do you think about this? Shall, shall we try it? You know, I, I was going, why don't we try this? And he was going, yeah, go for it. Let's try that. So we were constantly swapping ideas to which would be the better thing. Or somebody might go, oh, let's extend this section now. You know, and that's so everything was like quite loose. One thing I did really enjoy about the album was it wasn't that long. Like Walt said earlier, some of these songs were short. Yeah. They they got in and got out, but it it was an easy listen. As a musician and you're doing this project, how refreshing was it to, you know, just have fun? But now, as I said to you earlier, I mean, it's just great to play with other people sometimes because you you can see a different perspective coming in, you know, when you're playing with people and they have different ideas to things and maybe, you know, the music's, the music's different. So, I mean, again, I, I've said this before. I mean, you know, my influences were like more... I'll tell you what, right, my main hard rock influence was Bill Ward. Mm-hmm. Because more of a bluesy drummer versus a Bonham or something. Yeah, he was a bit more jazzy than Bonham, you know. And then I sort of really got into the fusion thing, like Billy Cobham and people like that. Those were the guys I was really listening to. You know, here's a fun fact. You know who uh, grew up <laughs> and right down the street from me is Steve Gadd. Oh, great. Yeah, Steve, Steve, Stevie Gadd, that's a Rochester connection. So Wow. Uh, yeah, Brilliant. yeah, Stevie Gadd <laughs> and uh, Chuck Mangione was up here. All right. Remember, remember back in the 70s, Feels So Good? Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, all those fans, I mean, Vinnie Colliuta and people like that, yeah. was, you know, and they, and they still influence me now, you know. So sometimes it's nice to be able to put a few of those licks in something that might not work in Saxon, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a couple other of our favorites, Vernon and I uh, cross-checked our notes this morning, and uh, I like uh, The Upside of Down and Battle of a Lifetime. I mean, The Upside of Down is, I mean, when you say, like, over-the-top melodic and heavy, just great interplay amongst the three of you. And again, another of those great storylines telling that story about the world we live in today. And then The Battle of a Lifetime, it's like that, that – you know, balance of acoustic guitar and then electric and back to acoustic. And yeah. it's also just that life's theme about life's journey. It's not, it's not a sprint. It's a journey. And there's no predictability. The only thing predictable in life is unpredictability, right? So talk about those two. In a way, it is kind of a battle because you don't know what's coming. 
you know so it's almost as if you're preparing for some kind of confrontational battle or something and then it suddenly all goes good Ian is so happy doing this because it really allows him to like go wild if he wants to no there's no he hasn't got to think about suddenly you know a real sort of hard unison bit with a keyboard you know which is what a lot of saga stuff is this way he can just blast you know now, i'm not yeah. saying he blasts all the way but i'm saying there's subtlety as well but it just gives him the freedom you know now you mentioned that most of this was written before you <clears throat> even got there yeah where'd you record it and how much time was in the studio together I mean, all the all the Robert and Ian stuff was done remotely. I didn't. Ian wasn't there when I did the drums. Okay, at all. I mean, Robert's Robert's uh, has got his studio um, in a in a small town called Campbell, which is next to San Jose. So I flew in, I flew into San Francisco. Robert met me, and then we drove down to where he was. And he's got a full blown studio there. As I said, I used his drum kit that he had in there. I mean, obviously, I took a few bits and pieces of mine. Um, so it, it was only me and Robert actually in the studio physically. Ian, Ian was like sort of, you know, on on the Zoom. Touch on the graphic novel, the journey, yeah. the journey internal. Is that going to be in company of the album? Touring plans. What's going on with all those platforms? The graphic graphic novel, I think, is going to be ready in about a week's time. I think so. That'll be ready to go that's robert's baby i mean it's based you know it's, it's a story based on all the lyrics and the, and the songs on the album but that's really his baby all i can say about that is that the artwork in it is amazing you know i mean i haven't seen the finished prose or anything like that i've just seen some of the artwork and it's brilliant so that that should be coming out pretty quick uh yeah we're definitely going to do some gigs next year plan is to start in Europe first because obviously Saga and Saxon <clears throat> have got good followings in like mainland Europe like Germany and stuff we're talking about maybe doing 20 shows over there but oh yeah we'll be coming here don't you worry we're coming this is this is not a one-off project we've got a three album deal we've already started I mean I've been sending bits and pieces because I write too yeah so I've been bits and pieces to Robert and Ian already and Robert's already working on a couple of them now so we're already looking at album number two what would the yeah. set list be obviously the whole album anything from the participating bands the stuff or sax and stuff in it or whatever <laughs> for real <laughs> no we, we, we I mean we've got more stuff that we haven't finished yet so there's more stuff already in the can. There were some tracks that didn't make the album because obviously when you're doing an album, you want all the stuff to fit together. So if there's a track, for instance, that might stick out a bit, no, we'll leave that and let, let leave that for the next one. So there's more stuff. We've got enough for a 90-minute set. All right, cool. Yeah, so when you did the album, you're taking into consideration the sequencing and the, oh, vi yeah. the vibe of the album. Yeah. So are those leftover songs, that's a combination of, you know, three quarters baked and you're already foreshadowing. You mentioned a three three album deal. Uh, who are yeah. you with? Uh, you struck up a deal with Sony? Yeah, we're with Inside Out, which are with Sony, yeah. So, you know, I mean, they've got Dream Theater and Yes. So, you know, we're a company, I think. Yeah, you fit right, <laughs> you fit right in. <laughs> so. 
Well, I'm going to hand it over to Metal Walt because he's going to start this uh, heavy metal memory lane. Walt, what do you got? So uh, I always like to talk to my guests and then give them a little impression of my history of concert going. So um, okay. I'd like to talk to you about the plans for Saxon. Um, yeah. But my first question is, and this is an oddball question, is uh, uh, King Diamond lives in Dallas as well. Are you friends with him? Do you guys go out, have coffee, lunch together, or run Never into here and there? Never, Never met him. him. No, oh. no. That's something to, you know, something to think about. I guess I'll have to try and find out where he is. <laughs> should, should we start a rumor, Nigel, and say <laughs> Nigel and King Diamond start new super group? Get it out of Blabbermouth tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Are you uh, all, all, Go ahead. Go ahead, Walt. I was going to say, all kidding aside, so... Uh, Nigel, I, I, my favorite Saxon shows, and, and you'll probably remember some of these. There was a run, oh, I don't know, maybe the late 2000s into the 2010s, where you played BB Kings in New York City probably every other year. And I was at every one of those shows. Um, I've seen you guys at the High Voltage Fest in the, U- in the UK a couple of years back. It was the Ronnie James Dio Memorial. I went to Sweden Rock once where you were there. And that, of course, as we talked about earlier on the Judas Priest Firepower Tour, but. You know, I got to say that maybe I'm biased about New York crowds, but there was an energy at those BB King shows that every single show was better than the next. Do you remember those gigs in that basement? Oh, yeah, I do. I remember. That's gone now, hasn't it? It is gone. Yep, they closed it up. That was a great gig to play. That was great. The food they brought us in as well there was backstage was brilliant. No, that was a that was a great gig. I mean, the, the crowds there were brilliant. So I always look forward to that. The only the only downside about that was the damn traffic when we were trying to get there. I remember we could almost see it, and it took us an hour to get. It was like what you know. <laughs> but no, I mean, as a, a gig, it was great. Really enjoyed it. So tell us a little bit about. Uh... Saxon, I think you just came off a run of doing the summer festivals. And do you have tour plans both in Europe and in the States coming up and new material, anything? What's on the horizon? Right. At the moment, we've got, yeah, we've just done this big um, festival run. Um, so we played, you know, we played in England. Well, in, in Britain, we played Slovakia, the Czech Republic, Austria, Hungary, Germany, Italy, Sweden. So you name it, we were we've been there. We did a couple of gigs because of COVID, um, which which was a bit annoying. We were used to do a couple of shows in Finland, but one of our entourage got COVID, so we had to put them out. Um, no, the next thing, as I said, I'm, I'm heading back to the UK in about three weeks, I think it is, and then flying to Germany because we start rehearsals because we've got a European tour coming up. Uh, until the beginning of November, and then we've got uh, then we've got some um, some British dates. I think we've got sixteen British dates, and then uh, that'll take us up to the middle of December, I think it is. And then read the states. Yeah, we're we're looking at, we're looking at gigs in the states now. I think we, we, I think we're doing the Monsters of Rock cruise next year. So they're trying to tie in a tour leading up to that or one after that would it be a headline tour or would it be a package <clears throat> oh i think it'll be a headline tour i think yeah oh i mean what generally what we tend to do even if we're on like a package we sometimes throw in a headline tour a yeah. headline 
Yeah, hey, you know. We we I also like to uh because the name of the show is Metal Mayhem ROC. It doubles yeah. for Rock and Rochester, New York. We have uh, yeah. uh, okay. uh rich heritage up here. We're not New York <laughs> City with some of these clubs that you know you guys are talking about, but we do have the Penny Arcade. I know it was a long time ago, but do you have any memories of playing the Penny Arcade down near Charlotte Beach? God. I've got to be totally honest with you. No. Okay. All right. That, that honesty is the key to the game. Now, I can, I, I can often remember the towns or cities we played, but I can't remember the actual gigs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe my uh, final remark, Nigel, just a, an odd question, but, you know, I just saw that uh, Phil Mogg uh, went down with a heart attack and canceled the tour. How's the you got your health, uh, you know, Biff's health, everybody holding up well? Yeah, I think so. You know, Biff had his sort of, uh, he had his health scare a couple of years ago. Same kind of thing as, as Moggy, I think. Um, I've been all right. You know, obviously you know about my thing that happened at the end of 2014, which is the burst brain aneurysm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, to, good to go, you know. Great. You know, everyone, everyone's feeling good. And, you know, we, we were sort of, the whole pandemic made it very frustrating for everyone playing because we couldn't get out and do anything. So the festivals were like, ah, at last we can get out and do what we do, you know? Yeah, we're jealous of those festivals. <laughs> <laughs> Great if we could get on a load of U.S. ones. It really would, you know. How can people get in touch with your socials? What is it, 6 com? It's, oh, God, I think it's 6 by 6 band, I think. Um, just Google it. You'll find it. We've got everything. Everything's up and running. So, All right. Again, thanks for reaching out. It's a pleasure to talk to you again, and we look forward to seeing you in the spring of 2023 somewhere in the U.S. As soon as I know any dates, I'll, I'll email you anyway, let you know. Nigel, it's been a, it's been a pleasure and nice to talk to you and meet you, and uh, hopefully... If I'm ever in Dallas or I work for a company out of Belgium, so if I can get on a business trip to come see a show over there, I'll look you up. If you're ever in Dallas, I mean, you know, John's got my email and you fancy an IPA at one evening, give me a call. That's uh, all me right there. We'll make it happen. Sounds good. Thank you for your time. In fact, I'm going to go down and have an IPA now. So there you go. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Perfect. Hey, guys, thank you. Thanks, Nigel. Thanks, Nigel. All right, bye. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at metalmayhemroc.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 